Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Watch Time. As today, we've got a super fun topic on the table. We're talking about YouTuber mental health. And we brought along a very special guest today because in addition to myself, Muzelk, a YouTuber who has a few million subscribers, Grace, who is uh, the the kind of head of click management. We've also brought along Molly VR. Yeah. Who has had a very explosive blow up recently on YouTube. So he can kind of, you know, chip in and fact check me and Grace. Yeah, and I think we wanted to bring Mullen into this episode. Mullen's one of the channels. Um, well, you're part of the click fam. You're mm. in the office that we all work in. And I just think Mullen's got the most interesting story you were doing YouTube for years, right? Yeah, and yeah. didn't feel a huge amount of success. You've been a YouTube editor. I mean, I sorry, I I, uh, I was making videos for years. Yeah, yeah. It, and then literally you upload a vid and get like ten views, right? And yeah. then, but I do not like mind about that because it taught me skills that then landed me a job with Quibblecop, our friend Geordie, and he also taught me valuable skills that now I'm able to use. On my own channel. Yeah. And then you edited for Lannan for a very... And then I helped Lannan and Tanner, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Lesbian and Tanner for a very, moved, very short amount of time. I moved to Sydney to help Lannan and Tanner and I was working for him for about two months and then my channel blew up and and now I'm here. You know? And so your channel blew up about a year ago, right? Like it was no, a new channel? It. I made the channel on the 1st of April, April Fool's, you know? It was supposed to be a side project that I was just going to like upload videos to whenever I felt like. Yeah, but you started in April and then what? By I started in April. When did you hit a million? Uh, in uh, November. That's insane. Yeah. April to November. What is that? I can't do maths. It's too early in months. the morning. Five months yeah, it was from zero to a million. But if Do you, you know the grind I had to go through to get a million subscribers, <laughs> Molly? Do you know, you know, on the topic of mental health, those milestones, man, they were what ruined me. They're what's still ruining me right now because I'm stuck at eight. I'm like, I'm, I've got like hard stop at eight million. Yeah. I'm only, I, I went from growing 20,000 20, subs a day to a thousand a day. And now I'm just 10 is so close, but so far. Anyway, I feel like we should rewind here because I'm probably think, getting ahead. Yeah, I think why we wanted to bring Mullen on the podcast to talk about mental health is because we were sort of chatting about this in the office the other day. And I think we all were sort of reflecting on the fact that all YouTubers kind of go through this life cycle with their channel and with the life cycle they go through with their channel, there are different like periods of how your mentality is affected. And I think Mullen's going through this like super accelerated, intense period of growth over the past year where he's gone from like zero to what are you now? 1.6 mil. Yeah. 
in and less than a year. And the and different stages that I experienced over like three years of growing my channel, you've like you fit into like into into a very very small period. Yeah, but you and know, and then Elliot's at this period where he's like been doing it for you know six or seven years now i'm the old grumpy guy on the block just yeah shaking my fists at the kids going by this guy <laughs> about to skirt past me and subscribers i'm just gonna shake my fist at him <laughs> as he goes but i think it's good to talk about because i think yeah you go through a lot of different mental stages with your channel when you're going through a period of growth and it's something that i think more and more people are talking about mental health in youtube yeah but, I but think it's it's also it's it's super interesting because it's something that you know when viewers are watching youtubers you only see like the best you see like all the smiling and all the happiness yeah. and it's and it's so weird because i feel like youtuber mental health for so many years was this super taboo topic because it was, it, I th you know, these days if you go to a school, it's like, what is the number one most desirable job? It's no longer being an astronaut. It's no longer being a policeman. Kids are like, I want to be a YouTuber, you know? I want to do makeup. I want to do video games especially. Mm. And, you know, from an outside perspective, that's what being a video game YouTuber is. It's, oh, you literally wake up in the morning, play some games with the boys and then just like chuck the video up online. So it's- How could you possibly yeah, be having could, a bad how time? How dare you complain about mental health when I have to, you know, sit at a desk and- uh, Work for someone and, nine and, to five. Yeah, and work for someone nine to five. And it's not saying that it's either better or worse, but I think YouTube, like everything comes with its own really unique kind of stress points that you don't really find in many other industries and many other jobs which uh, is a super, super interesting topic to talk about. And you definitely, you know, PewDiePie has just gone on break after years of doing YouTube because he's kind of hit a point where he's like, okay, I need some time off. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be a really interesting episode breaking down, you know, the different, I, I think kind of it'll be cool to go through it a bit chronologically, you know, the different stages kind of, I'll talk a bit about what I went through when I started my channel, Molly can probably back me up in a, in his own kind of whirlwind version of, uh, of events of like how just insane it is when you kind of first kick off those early years of a YouTube channel. Yeah, I think a good place to start or, I, you know, I'm genuinely curious to hear more about what was the feeling like when you first started this channel April 1st last year, <laughs> like talk us through the first couple months a little bit and like how you were feeling when all that was happening. Uh for one, I knew I couldn't make money off it straight away, right? Yeah. So it was it was honestly like a second priority because I had to make the bread help in land and antenna. Yeah. So that so that was like my first priority was doing that. And then I would just like make a shitty YouTube video. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're good, you're good. All right. So I'd make like a a poorly edited YouTube video for my VR channel and and watch it. I just upload it. You know, I'm so used to getting no views. It didn't really bother me. But then like literally the first video I uploaded hit 15,000 views, right? I was like, oh, something's happening here. Was like, that the most views you'd got on a video in that period of time? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, in, the, in that period of time. I've had like, I had like, I used to stream before I made YouTube, like before I, um, you know, actually edited my own videos. Because like working for Geordie so long, I got to the point where I didn't want to even edit after I'd edited for him, right? So I used to just stream. Am I allowed to say that as well? Yeah. Is that yeah. Okay. So so I used to stream uh, after editing for another YouTuber. And because when you edit all day, you don't want to like edit, edit anymore. Yeah. But I still wanted to make content. So I used to stream. And like the biggest thing I ever did was a Fortnite event. I had 8,000 people watching. That was like the biggest. I was like, oh shit, this is 
yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you know with streams you, they're only there for the event, and then like the next stream was back to like twenty viewers, right? Yeah, but but I think in those like early days, right? Like that's you get that like explosive growth, which you know, or not not everyone gets explosive growth, but I'd say most people, uh, you you find you you hit a point where you really start like growing, you get that like momentum and you're like, oh my God, things are moving. Yeah. You know? Like you did YouTube for years before you had that first video on that new channel Popping, that just yeah, started actually exactly. being like, oh wow, I'm moving up. And YouTube's like that <clears throat> where, you know, five days of the week, it'll be like, nah, we don't like you. Then you right. put up the exact same video the next no, day man. and YouTube's like, this content is incredible. We need to share this <laughs> with the world and it'll just promo it. But that, but those like early I feel like those early months, that that early like growth period when you first start a channel and it starts going really well, they're like really, really good. At least for me mentally, because it's just pure excitement. You almost right. don't have time to stop and exactly. think. Exactly. So for me, it was like, I was like, oh, I just create the most shit post thumbnail and title I could. Just put it on the internet. I didn't really think about it or stress about it too much until my channel started like taking off. So I was like, the first month was coasting. I think I, I was at like 2,000 subs in my first month. And then after that, uh, I had personal issues come up and I had to go home for two weeks. And uh, and then during that time, I started uploading on TikTok and TikTok just exploded. And then my channel obviously reaped the benefits of those 10 second clips that yeah. I was uploading. And then after that, it was just every vid was pumping. But and you were in a super good headspace then. I, was, I remember yeah. like trying to you then. You were like you were you were just like <laughs> on a permanent high. You were like, dude, this is insane. Like I don't know what's going on right now, but I'm uploading TikToks and like 200 people yeah. are watching. 200 million people are watching me sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Like <laughs> don't exactly <laughs> that, know no, what's that was happening. Like, yeah, but that this was my biggest sick. TikTok. Yeah, but the thing is, is like I I, got, I, I went from like 2,000 subs to getting 2,000 subs per day, right? Yeah. And then I hit 100K and I was like, damn, I made it. I got a play button. My vids were getting, I would upload a vid and it would get like 10,000 views in the first hour. I was like, this is, I'm killing it. Yeah. And what did it feel like? It's like a drug, right? Like, it's just was like- it addictive? Did well, you feel like, oh my God, I have to make another video today? Yeah. Well, the thing that changed was like, I don't, I don't know. I just was, I was working like 15, 16 hour days on, yeah. on helping Tana edit her videos and like at one point helping her run her channel. And then I was making videos and I was starting at like 8 a.m. in the morning and leaving the office to go home at like 1 a.m. But now it's like, and then, uh, but I was writing off of that, like I'm blowing up. I need to like, yeah. It wasn't even and like a sense of like, I need to keep it going. It was just like, holy shit, finally it's happening. No, no, no. Yeah. Cause this was going to be the first thing I was going to talk about in yeah. terms of like the negative parts of like that YouTube trajectory. Yeah. And you kind of, you get that first month high where you're like, this is incredible. Things are happening. I'm growing. And you, and you, and you just love that feeling of growth and you love right. that feeling of like, oh my God, this might actually become a reality. Exactly. That YouTube job that I've dreamed about <laughs> and like, and, and thought about for like years, oh my God, it could happen. And then your brain's like, yeah, but what if you screw it up? No, yeah. <laughs> no, for me, it wasn't like that at the start. It was like the first month I did 2 million views. I was like, oh yeah. shit. I got 2 million views this month. The next yeah. month it was like 6 million views. And then the third month it was like 10 million views. And by that time I already had like 200, 300,000 subs or whatever it was. And then it didn't really, uh, I was kind of like riding the whole way. I was like, damn, the, the, the reality of hitting a million is like gonna, is, is coming true. Like I, as generic as it, it sounds, it's like, I never thought I'd hit a million, but then it happened. But I tell you what though, as soon as I hit a million subs, it's like my, 
brain flicked and I was like, my content is not good enough for a million subs. I don't subs. deserve these views. I'm like, how am I still posting this shit at a million subs? And I feel like you get that in every industry, right? Because you hear about like lawyers who'll suddenly get promoted and then they're there and I'm like, imposter syndrome is what it's called. I think yeah. in every industry, like you, you achieve like a, a level of success and suddenly you're there and you're like, oh my God, no one's realized that I'm totally unqualified for this. Yeah. Like, And I think you get the same on YouTube. You have these insane audiences. Like the numbers are staggering. Right. Like, I was at ANZ Stadium the other day and you see this crowd and you look out and it's a sea of people and you're like, wow, that's 70,000 people. Right. And, and then you put that in perspective over like what a video's viewership is. You upload is. it and you get that first hour, dude. You you're get, like, wow. A video gets one and a half million views. Yeah. 20 of the biggest stadiums in the world combined. Yeah. Like it's insane. <laughs> but anyway, but you do, you get that, you get that imposter syndrome. But I think, yeah, you can really, I think the first kind of like stage, you can really break that, uh, that kind of like the first negative parts of mental health around mm. like a YouTube career is that kind of, it's the growth phase. It's that mm. come up. And it's, uh, I think it becomes kind of like really before you've achieved that, what, what I think you can call like legitimacy, you know, or at least you don't really feel confident in your position, whether it's number one, the, uh, you know what you were talking about, like, is my content good enough? But right. I think a big thing I felt, you probably didn't have to go through this because you, you blasted past it so quickly. But for me, there was a stage of, you know, probably two years almost where I was like, towing the line of minimum wage-ish, you know? Earnings, I was, yeah. yeah, I was, you know, I, I had the first six six months to a year um, where I was, you know, maybe getting like two grand a month from YouTube and it was kind of more a part-time thing. Yeah. And then I made that switch to kind of being like, okay, I'm going to stop uni. I'm going to go stay with, uh, stay at my mum's apartment. And then there was this sudden pressure to be like, okay, now it needs to be like a thing. This needs to be like a job. And like, I finally, I'd get it up. It was like, okay, I'm making like four grand a month now, maybe even five. Like, this is cool, but I need to hold on to this. Right. And mm. it didn't feel secure at all. It felt like my views. I was like, you know what? One bad video and It'll this all could come crashing all down. come crashing down. Yeah. And I think that leads to this super toxic thing that I think almost every YouTuber goes through. And I definitely think you're going through right now, which is holding it which is you just feel like you can't grasp stop. it you can't grasp it yeah you can't it, it's almost like you're holding something super slippery in your oh, hands dude. like like yeah. i don't know think like a, a, a snake covered in or i don't know a bad analogy look you got something really slippery in your hands and you and you don't have a firm grip on it and you're constantly having to like hold and like readjust and really try and grab it and you feel like if you take your eye off that ball for a second it's gonna slip and it's gone mm. yeah. so I know for, and Grace can attest to this because oh. she was very much living there in was that a apartment. Period, there was a period where Elliot and I both lived in that apartment and Elliot, no joke, I reckon would leave his room maybe 30 minutes a day. I, I really think there was 45 a period- 45 for coffee runs. There was a period of months where because you were sleeping and working in the same room, it was like all you did with it. You literally left- the room to go to the bathroom and get food and that was it and I remember it it stopped at nothing I would be like hey 
me and my friends are going out for dinner. Do you want to come? And you were like, no, sorry, got to do a thumbnail. And I was like, yeah. is there any chance you could like postpone that for two hours? And you were like, no, I literally can't because then I have to record a video and the video has to be up by 5am tomorrow morning. And yeah. if it's not up by 5am tomorrow morning, I'll miss the peak views and then it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. I remember and our grandfather, like this is bad, but our grandfather who was sick at the time, he's fine now. We had like a weekend away where our whole family was going to see him and Elliot didn't come. And I remember that was a really, really frustrating point for me because I just couldn't understand how you couldn't prioritise the fact that that was more important. And I think in hindsight now you would know that like it would have been okay for you to take a day or two off to do that. But in the moment you were literally like, I actually can't leave. Pure tunnel vision. Or like YouTube just became... Your Everything in that yeah. idea that of holding on was all that existed. It's exactly the same as me, though. It's like any time you aren't spending in your office is wasted time. Yeah. Right? You go home to sleep and that's it. But in saying that, that's like just one sacrifice, right? Yeah. Not spending time with family. For me, And then it's like you have sacrifice, like you eat badly so your body suffers. You don't have time to – you feel like you don't have time to work out or – do anything like that relationships suffer it's it's a little more than just like playing a game and editing it especially when you're doing it on your own you know and i think and i think to be clear like just just so people don't uh you know have a bit more like context about the the work hours breakdown i mean i I, i'd say back then when i was making content it would be maybe like a one to four ratio like of one being me playing the game and four or right. five or six even. Like I would be editing, making thumbnails, doing all that yeah. work for five to six much of like the total time that right. I'm playing the game, which yeah. I'm guessing is probably well, the, the same. That's the same with me. Like a video would take, well, I'm pretty sure it takes about 10 to 12 hours to make for me personally. Yeah. I do it all on my own. And then also it's like making TikToks and, and thumbnails. But it's like literally people just think you sit there and play games when mm. in reality you literally play games for like, maybe two hours max, right? Yeah. And this is something that we've been talking about because I think in that growth phase, you're also in this period where you haven't worked out that you can ask for help or how to get help yet. So almost all those YouTubers don't have editors. They don't have thumbnail Mm. makers that maybe bigger YouTubers have. You also don't have the time to even think about getting an editor because you're like, I don't have time to teach someone. I don't have time to like miss an upload. And I think it's this like immense pressure because you're in this period where you're like, holy crap, I'm getting a taste of everything I've ever wanted right now. And you know that even though you might be sacrificing all these other things, you might be giving up things that you shouldn't be giving up, you've got this tunnel vision on this potential outcome that isn't set in stone yet. And you also know that like literally millions of other people would kill to be in your position. Like you have this momentum and this feeling of like, you have to make the most of it. You know what it is? It's like millions of other people would kill to be in your position. And the reality is, and this is what was always kind of lighting a fire under me and making me feel like I had to like, I couldn't stop is that millions of other people are killing themselves to do that. Like YouTube has so many, such low barriers to entry in terms of if I want, if someone wants to be a YouTuber these days, you don't need any expensive hardware. You don't really need anything complicated at all. You mm. need 
literally it helps, though. screen. It, well, it can help. Yeah, it definitely can help. But I almost think like there's some like scuffed elements that actually make YouTubers better. But the point being- It kind of depends that, on what content you want to make too, right? Yeah, you, like, can get, you can get a $60 microphone these days, yeah. a free screen record software with OBS, OBS yeah. and you can be uploading the next day. Yeah. Like, and, and that, so you have so many people these days who want to be YouTubers, mm -hmm. who have the means to become them because literally all you need is a personality and a microphone. And they're all, and, and literally every day it was almost like, felt like I was like on top of like a building, like fending people off being <sighs> like, I, my videos need to be better. Otherwise people are going to just go and watch these other people. Cause there are so exactly. many, there are so many good content. I get, I get, and that's also, I kind of feel like what drives you to work 16 hours a day is like, if you're not working harder then someone else is working yeah. Yeah. harder, right? Yeah. Or it's like, if you're at dinner, someone else is you grinding. Could be making a thumbnail. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is, I think, which is, I think, like a, a whole other topic that Grace and I were talking about. But like, why certain people, you know, certain, so many people love the idea of being a YouTuber, but man, like, Some, you, you can you can tell so quick the people who have the like work ethic work ethic right. to do it it is not easy people nah. think it's just strolling up editing a video and sure like there's some people who I'm sure can like make their muddle their way through but if you want to be like like purposeful, about purposeful. It. if you want to take over the world if you want to do what you did which is get one and a half million subs in like less than a year you need to I mean it, and it sucks to say it and I really wish it wasn't the reality and I think there's maybe one in a thousand people who don't need to do this to do it but you need to like grind you do need to like kill yourself with that mm -hmm. workload but yeah you know what one of the most interesting like phenomenon things that i've realized is because i, I remember like grace would always say this and mom would always say this like okay like at, w at what point uh you know are you no longer gonna have to like stress about it and i remember being you know and you know what really messed me up early on which i, I haven't opened this website in months now but social blade oh my because god because it's it's the numbers, you know, there's no other job. It's almost like a job where every minute of every day <laughs> you're being given a performance review. You know, people like stress about getting their performance reviews in like normal work roles and being like, okay, what can I do better? What can I do worse? YouTube, literally 10 times a day when you're refreshing Social Blade all the time is telling you, this is exactly how you're doing today. Hey, you know that video you posted today? Yeah, that's a seven out of 10. Oh, dude. Like that's that's like your third worst performing video right. that you've posted in the mm. last 10. Like, and you know what? Like, it's not looking good for you, mate. And and the thing is though, um, and I think and I think those performance reports, something we can probably go even deeper into. But you know what I realized was super interesting for me personally is like tracking stuff like sub growth to break it down to a super simple metric. I noticed that it didn't matter what was happening with my sub growth. It was still a catalyst to make me want to work more because if my sub growth started, you know, let's say I had like a base level of like a thousand subs a day during like the overwatch times, right? If my sub level dipped down to like 700, 600 in a day, then that day I'd be like, Oh my God, it's all ending. I need to work harder. I need to work better. I need to do better videos. I need to make better thumbnails because I'm losing momentum. And if I lose momentum, momentum, it's all over. Like my career is dead. But at the same time, the next day, it goes up to 1,600, 2,000 subs in a day even. Maybe 5,000 if it's like yeah. an absolutely crazy one. And then I'd be like, oh my God, I'm on like a momentum streak right now, dude. YouTube is pushing my content, like make hay while the sun shines. I need to take advantage of this. I need to ride this wave. I need to put out better videos than ever right here, right now. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter if my channel was doing better than ever or worse than ever. My brain was still saying, 
you need to be doing longer hours. You need to be not doing other things. You need to be staying in your study and making better content because otherwise you're going to screw it all up. Mm. I think like that's really interesting because I feel like that's sort of the period that you're in right now where you've had this explosive period of growth and it's just not realistic that that can continue forever. But in your brain, you're like, well, I've done it before. Like I should be able to do it again. And like now you're in this feeling where you're just like, holy crap, the reality of it sets in. I don't know. Yeah. I think the, the worst part for me is grinding for like six months or whatever, right? And this is what you're saying. It's like the roller coaster of YouTube. It's yeah. like YouTube, you're literally fighting a system. There's nothing wrong with your videos, nothing wrong with your thumbnails or titles. It's if the system decides to push you, you're going to get views. And if mm. not, your channel's going to dip. But it's like, you like right now, my channel's doing good. So I'm like, oh, damn, I'm killing it. But it's also like you need to work hard to maintain that just because mm-hmm. you're killing it. You kind of breaks, yeah. right? And then, you, and then, you know, one week you'll be like, coasting and then the next week you'll just have a vid that'll just yeah and then suddenly your whole channel starts going down and then you're in this mindset where you're like okay now i have to work even harder to get back to where i was yeah but for me it was like i worked so hard to get you know to where i was and then in january i took a a week break and i went to america for an event and then i come back and i hadn't uploaded for 10 days and i was like oh my channel's not like it was still pulling good views overall. It was just not like it wasn't, it was yeah, stagnant, you know, yeah. right? And then I, and then the next video and then while I was in America, I had a video get age restricted and I had to delete it. So I was stressing about that because you don't want age restriction. I f- like as much as they say yeah. it doesn't affect your channel. Trust me, it does because literally I got age restricted. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Deleted the vid. I came I love, back. I love the amount of stuff that YouTube lies about. Just oh, a quick dude. point. YouTube's like, no, guys, trust us. Age restricting doesn't impact they are lying. your video. They're lying it's to like, us. boys, <laughs> literally watch my views get quartered Man, I, the second you put that age restriction I, on. I literally, this is the thing, right? It's like, Josh, Josh dubbed the person I recall with a lot, got age restricted as well. And he was coasting. And literally, it was like a roadblock. The next 10 uploads that he uploaded were not performing as they usually yeah. would. And now he's fine. But And then I got age-restricted when I was in America. One video got age-restricted. I deleted it. I come home. So I come home from this trip with no content ready to upload. And I hadn't uploaded for 10 days. And then I'm like, all right. I'm j-. So what I did was I re-edited that video to upload again. And it got age-restricted again. And then, you know, I was like, I left it up. I appealed it. And when I appealed it, YouTube removed the age restriction. I was like, why is this even a thing? But literally the next six uploads that I uploaded did the worst they've ever done. You're in the naughty corner. Right. And I think what you said there that was really interesting was when you were like, oh, my channel's doing good. Like I'm feeling good. And then you were like, and then I had a video do bad. And I'm like, crap. And I think it's like, that's the thing about YouTube that I find is so different to other jobs is... It's just you. Like the Muse yeah. channel, 
is you. The Mully Channel is you. There's and no so fallback. All the wins are yours and all the losses are yours. Yeah. And because most people's channels are connected at least in some way to their personality, it's so personal that if you're doing well, you can you know, if your YouTube channel is doing well, you can fall into this thinking of I'm doing great. And if your YouTube channel isn't doing well, for it could be due to a whole heap of reasons, you think I'm shit. Like my channel is doing shit and I am shit. Yeah. Like I'm doing a bad job right now. I'm not as valuable as I was a week ago mm, when my yeah. channel was getting more views. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing because you're right, it is all on you because you really don't have a fallback in terms of anyone to blame. Um, but also, you know, you can't be like, oh, Sharon from accounting. She's the reason profits are down. Yeah. But, um, but also the fact that I feel like on, on YouTube because, you know, especially number one, people post content so regularly and also that, like I think uh, pretty much every creator probably agrees, you're only as good as your last video. Mm-hmm. So I could have like five absolute banger videos in a row, absolutely smash it out of the park, great views. Then I post the next video and it's like an eight out of 10, just so people know YouTube, when you upload a video, it gives you like a, a rating out of 10. So if a video is an eight out of 10, it means it's my like eighth, you know, bottom, bottom two or bottom three of the last 10 videos I've posted in terms of how it's performing. Mm. But you know, if I post a video, then it's like an eight out of 10. I'm like, oh, this sucks. You yeah. know, like you don't have, you don't have that overarching perspective of like things going well, you stay really tied to yeah. it. And also off the back of what you were saying, um, it's just an interesting point because you were talking about how it's kind of scary that, you know, obviously, there is a correlation between making good content and your content doing well. Mm. It's not like YouTube's completely random. The algorithm has stuff that it works off in terms of how it promotes videos, but there is a big element of like how my video performs feels a little bit out of your control. You know, some days one video will go absolutely viral and you're like, this is the worst, my most viewed video ever on my channel. Top 10 worst videos I've ever made. Great thumbnail horrible bit of it, bit of content. So like sometimes you, um, you know, you, that, that feeling of like being out of control is really, really frustrating. It's like, why did this video do bad? And YouTube's like, oh, the, um, the click through rate was yeah. media. And you're like, mate, that, what? what, what well, they you? don't tell you, right? It was good, it was They're good, like, it was fine. They don't say, you know? oh, you know, people clicked off here because you had a, a longer transition than usual or something yeah. like that. And, and you're it, trying to read into all this so data and- You yeah. also have to figure that out on your own. So it's not, it, now it becomes, I'm not just playing games or editing a video. I'm, how can I construct this video to favor retention? Because you can literally see it in the graph. If yeah. your video has a bad retention, you will not get the good views. For me, it's like, I say, 50, 50 uh, like, for example, like the video uploaded four days ago, did 40,000 views first hour, and it did 35,000 views the first hour, so the graph was like this, right? Like For me, I think the reason being is because it got a six-and-a-half-minute retention. Now, the video that I posted today got a 50,000-view first hour, and the next hour was like, 30,000. So the graph looked like this. And I think that is because it only got a five and a half minute retention. I, I feel like it. Everyone you, listening is like, what the hell is he talking yeah. about? Well, <laughs> you, I, I feel like you can literally look at the graph before they even show you retention and decide whether it got a shit retention or not. Now, I'm not yeah. saying five and a half minutes is bad, but it's definitely not as good as six and a half minutes, right? Yeah. 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 I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Those, those, yeah, the, the stats behind it 
But I think, you know, what's, what was funny for me is that, you know, how like, like how it feels like how your video performs can be out of your control. Like what the algorithm does, what videos go viral sometimes feels kind of baseless. Yeah. Um, but I've actually, I've found in, you know, the past six to eight months, which is when I'd say I've been like the most Zen on YouTube in my life, uh, is like, I, I've used that. I found that really freeing because now when a video doesn't perform, you know, like a year ago, Fortnite content was pulling or a year and a half ago, Fortnite content was pulling like two, two and a half million views on your first day, solid, no question. Then like over the course of a month or two, probably five, six, seven million views, 10 million on a good video. Uh, and these days, you know, it's like a million views. Maybe it's like literally halved. But for me, I now I now use those elements that I know are out of my control and have done it for long enough now that I know that there's so much that's out of my control where I'll step back and be like, you know what? Like YouTube is down in, sorry, Fortnite is no longer as like hyper thing as it once was in like search terms. YouTube algorithm isn't promoting it as much. Like if my video now is getting half the views it did a year ago, it's not really all on me. You know, it's not like a reflection of like, I've totally failed what I'm doing. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of understanding those elements that are at play and then using them to, you know, kind of take off some of that pressure that can be on you when you're in those early stages and you're just putting it all on you. Mm. Because I think that's an interesting point in the life cycle to talk about as well, where it's like, okay, we've spoken about the come up. We've spoken about like when you're now like established and you're like really wanting to maintain and, you know, make the most of that momentum. And then when you're on top, and I think the fortnight period is really, really interesting to talk about because we have a lot of friends and people we work with that were doing fortnight heavily and were finding so much success off it, was there was this period with fortnight where there was just constant uploads all the time. And I almost feel like you didn't even have to think because the content was writing itself for you. It was like there was this whole period where there was just so much going on and there was so much content to create that it was not easy because the workload was hard, but it was easy to think about the fact of doing a video every day. Yeah. And that is also an incredible feeling because you're like, I can just keep going. Like, Mm. I think that's one thing that people maybe don't talk about as much is working hard is easy when it's good. Like when you're feeling the reward for it and you're feeling like you're in the flow, like working hard is the best thing in the world. There is nothing more satisfying for a lot of people that, you know, for me and for a lot of people we know where it's like you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm going to make a video today. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to upload it. I'm going to get the reward of the numbers. And it feels so good. And then I think it gets to that point where – Fortnite slowed down and then suddenly it's this struggle. It's like, holy crap, I have felt what the highest of highs on YouTube felt like. And now I have to kind of mentally prepare myself that like, it's not like that anymore. And I think that can be incredibly stressful as well. Yeah, no, peak peak Fortnite was peak YouTube in for like YouTube career. I think, I think for pretty much everyone who did it. Number one in obviously just the sense of how content was performing, but also that there was so many video ideas. Cause I, I think the, you know, the thing to remember is there's really, there's two motivators when it comes to making content. It's number one, uh, obviously like making money, like any job, you know, it's like, I wanna make content and have that content do well because I, you know, it's income. But also I think the, the real motivation, I think it's very hard to become successful on YouTube if you don't have this, is genuinely being excited and passionate about making cool videos 
and sharing that with people. And I remember like that peak fortnight day, we, me, Lachlan, Laserbeam, Vic, everyone, we had so many ideas. We had this group chat on Twitter and we were in Discord every single day grinding out videos. And literally people were like, we had this thing called the list and everyone had their own list where if you had an idea for a video, you'd put it down <laughs> on your list. And if you wrote it on the list first, people couldn't take that idea mm. because there were just so many ideas going around. People were like, oh, I'm gonna do the world record longest sniper shot. And so I'm like, that's on my list. You can't do that one. And I'd be like, well, like prove that it was on your list. Cause obviously that's such a generic one. That, but you know, like there were so many ideas. Everyone was so keen to do all these crazy different videos in this crazy sandbox game. And then, so the actual like making videos of that was insane. I did not care at all that I was working like 18 hour days, seven days a week because it was so much fun making the content. And then on how the content was performing, it was literally, you know what? I know how those people felt now in the gold rush years where they would like walk down to the river and pick a gold nugget up off the ground, you know? I actually think that Fortnite is how that must felt. Cause I, for, I'd done YouTube for four or five years before Fortnite came out. And in those four or five years, man, to get like a hundred thousand views on a video, I had to hustle, you know, in like peak, peak Overwatch days to get half a million views on a video, you know? I had to hustle, I had to work hard, I had to record like six hours of content. I had to then edit it incredibly well, like with a bunch of different stuff. Um, and a lot of the time it was recycling ideas, so I wasn't enjoying making it as much. And then suddenly it's Fortnite and it's like, oh, I'm gonna do the blue weapons only challenge. 10 million views, by the way. And you're just like, this is, it, it's obscene. And you and it's, and it's that knowledge that- Flex. But, but it's that knowledge that it is obscene and that this will never happen again, yeah. you know? Because I remember chatting to dad when I was doing Overwatch and I was like, you know, I'm getting like seven, 20 million views a month. And he was like, right, like, how do you think you can get that up? And I was like, I actually don't think I can. I was like, I think this is like the ceiling. It's hard to break. I'm doing daily videos and I'm getting 600K views on each. I don't think that's really like a breakable ceiling unless you become like a PewDiePie or a Markiplier. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Fortnite, and everyone's just suddenly over like a hundred million views a month doing the weirdest wacky videos. You'd literally put up like, oh, I covered the crater with wood, 10 million views in like a week. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on but right that, now. That wasn't just viral on YouTube though. That went viral everywhere. Yeah. That was, that was I think that was like the first time ever. That was actually... like one of the first like real dumb, dumb things yeah. that got done. In but Fortnite. also it was like, it was like, it's, it's the simplest idea when you think yep. about it, but no one thought about it. And you're like, you did it and you're like, wow, that, who, how has this not been done already? Yeah. <laughs> and think, that was like, really hard to do back then. And it, yeah, yeah. I think getting back on track though, like what- <laughs> We're talking about the good parts of YouTube. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's like- To what we're talking about. about. Back to what makes you depressed. Yeah. No, but I think like, but I think it's true and I think it is a good part of YouTube because one thing that, I know people would say is like, well, if it's making your whole life out of whack and you're feeling so like complete tunnel vision on this one aspect of your life and it's hard and you're doing 18 hour days, whatever, like what's the point of doing something if you don't get to reap the benefits of it or enjoy it? And I think that's where it's sort of like, you know, it comes full circle because actually I think all of the people that we know 
fucking love the hard work. They are enjoying Mm. it because they actually, at the core of it, love the hustle. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The grind is good. Yeah. Yeah, But it's also like you work so hard and then when you do get to go on a break, like when we went to AO the other weekend, you enjoy it more because you're like, I'm with people who are all grinding at the same time. We're all in the Mm. same boat. Yeah. And it's a good vibe. It's almost like, you know, I think especially in this office vibe where everyone, when you get that feeling, you're just in an environment where everyone's working hard. You're not like, oh, I had to stay past five o'clock today. You're yeah. Like, you're like, it's like seven o'clock. I haven't like looked up because I've been streaming, building like a death run right. for the last like six hours. Yeah. And then I like end my stream and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go like kick Fresh's door in and like live commentate one of his games on stream, yeah. you know? like I think you- it's been key for everyone to build the networks so that you can grind hard, but you know you're not alone. And I think that's so nice. It's like everyone works really hard, but then, you know, you come up last night and like you, me and Lucas, like, all have dinner together. Like, yeah. Or to do eats, but like all eight hour over eats together. Yeah. And it's good. You can like debrief a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm grinding hard, but I'm in this with other people. It, but for me, it's like also the craziest thing is like you're sitting in a room all day. And then when you go to a public event and you have kids wanting to take pictures, you're like, mm. what the fuck is this? What, yeah. like, what is going yeah. on here? You go from like being isolated in a room to like the real world where actual people have watched your video. Like, it's so weird. Like yeah. I'm not used to it yet, you know? No. Like no, you, you like you've been li- like living the life for years and I'm just like, oh I've been Yeah, I'm basically a rock star. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I want to end, you know, not end, so a little bit left uh before we're gonna end this, but I want to have like a topic at the end, like yeah, the highs of YouTube. And I guess also what um you know what, what you can do to kind of combat that negative mental attitude. And I think you made a really good point just before which um, I don't think we were recording then, but, uh, but you know, talking about keeping that perspective, which I think has been for me, the absolute biggest thing whenever I'm having like a crap day on YouTube or I, yeah. um, because it is one of those weird things, you know, where we are in, you know, if you actually take a step back an incredibly lucky, incredibly privileged, privileged position in the same way that you see a bunch of like, there are a lot of like billionaires who are like depressed and everyone's like, oh, why? It's because, but, I think if you keep that perspective back of like where you've come from, you know, it, it really, that's what helps me. Cause I mm. remember back to, you know, before I was making a living wage off YouTube before I, you know, these days a company would be like, Oh, like, you know, do you want to like come to E3 and like cover this game for us? And I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to have to fly to E3 on a 14 hour flight to go and then and then have to wake up at 6 a.m. to go and play this game and figure out how to make a video on it. But then I think back, literally four years ago, I was doing an internship at an office not far from here at a YouTube network. And I have the clearest memory of this. And I think it, it shows how impactful it was on me and how crazy it was at the time. My phone, I was like sitting at my desk doing some really boring, you know, probably copyright claiming some kids videos for using UMG music um, as you do at networks. But, uh, but um, yeah, and then my phone rang and I was like, and I was like, oh, you know, like walked outside, picked up the phone and uh, it was like, it was like, hi, is this Elliot? And uh, I was like, yeah, it was like, hi, this is um, Dan from, from Blizzard. And I was like, oh, hi. He was like, yeah, do you want to like come to LA in, a couple of weeks and play the unreleased game that we just announced called Overwatch. And I remember just being, this is back when I was a TF2 YouTuber pulling like a million and a half views a month, literally. And I just remember just being there and being like, 
yes. <laughs> and and I remember actually just freaking out. Like this was a kind of, I wasn't getting paid, wasn't making money. This was just a developer mm-hmm. of a game that I was incredibly excited for that had seen my content and gone, oh, I think it would be super cool if we could like pay for you to come and play our game. Yeah. And I literally remember, no joke, this was all that was running through my mind. I was like, you know what? Rest of my life doesn't really matter as long as I don't die before this trip. Literally, that was my mental state. I was like, <laughs> if I succeed in not getting hit by a truck before I board this plane and play oh. Fortnite and go and play Overwatch, like I'm, I'm great. And then, you know, then there was that next, and, and it was an amazing trip. And then there was the stage after that where I had the first company actually pay me to go to an event and that was Ubisoft. And I, I think it was like what you were saying, which is, you know, these days you'll see a video get like 30K in the first hour and you'll be like, oh my God, this sucks. But you remember that, you know, a few months ago, it was like 5K in the first hour. And you're like, hell yeah, dude. And it's, and, it's, and it's that problem because YouTube's such like a crazy wild ride that goes from zero to 100 so fast mm. in everything, both in how like your content performs, the size of your channel, the influence you have, the money you're making, the, the way your videos are performing. Yeah. And you get, it's not so much getting, I think, addicted um, to just doing well. It's getting addicted to that trajectory mm, progression. Of, of, of progression and things going up and up and up and up and up. And your brain is constantly resetting the benchmark in your brain of what success is, you know? Uh, uh, you know, six months ago, success for you could have been 200K on a video. Now, 200K on a video is absolute failure. You know, a year ago or a few years ago for me, like with that story, the concept of a company inviting me out to come and play a game, no payment, no nothing, just like come out and make videos on our games was, that was the, the peak of thing. life. Yeah. That was not just like, oh, this is a good YouTube moment. That was like my life is now complete, like oh, tick, yeah. check mark done. But these days it's like, oh, I don't want to have to fly. And, and, but you know, you, you, but then you think back and you do those mental checks. You're like, man, you know what? Sure. There are so many crap mental moments which, you know, but, but a lot of the time it is, and it's, and this is not to understate it because it is something that everyone goes through and it's totally inevitable that you will go through it. But I think that one of the biggest learnings I've come to realize in the past few years, and I think, you know, the past six months or so of me doing YouTube have probably been the best mental state I've been in with it is just that like so much of that pain and that stress, pretty much all of it really is self-inflicted. Um, but also, and this sounds so weird, I actually don't regret any of it. And I think it was very necessary because I think you need that level of, to succeed in such a competitive, crazy, wild, demanding industry that YouTube is. I think you need a bit of that like self-flagellation, you know, (laughs) a little bit of that beating yourself up for not doing well. And it's not healthy. And I am sure there are probably people who have navigated that way healthier and have still been just as successful. But Mm -hmm. I think for me, that absolute mania that we just chatted through with all the highs and the lows that come with it was so key in putting me where I am today. Damn. Damn. That's like an origin story though, eh? Yeah. Yeah. The perspective thing, same with me, dude. It's like my first successful moment was like, when I got a job editing for Quebble Cop and I yeah. got to quit my job working in a kitchen, dude. 
Yeah. You know, but I don't regret working 10 years in a kitchen because it taught me skills like work ethic and... 100%. You know, it's... You look back and you're like, damn, I'm actually glad I did that, even though I was working 60 hours a week for 800 bucks. Yeah. You know? and, and even me, like, not doing YouTube, but in the industry, I remember when I first got into the industry and I would literally go home. This is when I was still doing click as a side thing. I would go home from my other job, and if I wasn't doing click work, I would, like, YouTube search interviews with managers. Like, mm. I would put it out there. I have watched every single YouTube video that Scooter Braun is in. Because I would just obsess over like learning what he knew and like knowing his story and that yeah. sort of thing. And I remember like, I don't know, I would I would just like research people in the industry. And I remember the first time, this is so nerdy, like I remember the first time I got an email from Fwiz and I was like, what the hell? Like Grace three years ago would have like been completely flawed that yeah. anyone at Google, let alone like the head of gaming at, at YouTube would know my name like insane and i think like yeah that perspective is just so key Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that was like a nice note to leave it on yeah that was a nice note to leave it on but that's (laughs) why it like stresses me out at the moment in the office when i come down and i see molly just having like not panic a great attacks. day and like panic attacks editing. You walk in I'm and like, the bins all like kicked in. And yeah, and the bin that's was That's actually kicked. a true story though, yeah, by the way. you did kick the bin I in. Don't bin worry, in. I put a hole in my wall. You know, yeah. you, you, get, you get that anger out however you need. Yeah. But you know, like yesterday, I like marched into Molly's office. I was like, Molly, we're going for lunch. Yeah. We're getting yum chow. But even then I was like, ah. Did I yeah, really and even then like, it takes, but then, but I remember as we're leaving, lunch you know it took an hour out of your day and as you were leaving you're like you know what you're right that was like really good yeah it was refreshing like it's a really good mental reset you go back and you work better and you know what i think this is a really good note to leave it on and we've done a good job yeah that was wholesome thank you molly for being our first guest on our podcast amazing i think like yeah guys if you haven't checked out molly or you don't know who he is he's just the most lovely big-hearted person and you know, you've had a crazy last year. No one deserves the success more than this guy. So I'm so excited to see what you go on to do. And yeah, thank you for being here. (laughs) Don't forget to hit subscribe and follow and whatever the different button is on whatever you are watching this on because more to come. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. 